0: Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got not one, but two very special guests. Today, we are sitting down with the Mountain West men and women champions uh, from UNLV. We've got head coach Ben Lures and associate head coach Patrick Oda. Patrick, Ben, how you guys doing today? Great. Doing good. Thanks, Coleman. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. It's, dude. These conference championships. I never thought we'd see so many in one weekend. It's been a crazy few weeks for me. I'm sure for you guys, it's been an even wilder ride. And I want to get started uh, at the at the end of one of those wild rides. We saw the women's mountain West championships come down to the final relay. It was decided (laughs) by a 10th of a second. Um, that that's the first thing I want to talk about that women's 400 free relay. You guys were fighting back and forth for that mountain West conference title. I mean, tell me about how tense, how energetic, how exciting it was to be in that position and to see that final relay come down to literally the last yard.
1: I mean, it was awesome, I, of course, you know, and uh, I, I would like to thank Coleman that even if we hadn't come out on the, you know, the the winning side of that one, that we still would have found it awesome. <laughs> you know, I mean, just what a, what a really exciting meet that was and final day and final session, like pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it was great. Uh, in terms of tension, there was certainly uh, so, some tension in the building, but we really felt like as coaches, it was our job to try and diffuse that as much as possible. I mean, we've got to Really competitive group of women. They knew what was on at stake. They they knew where we were at. So, you know, we didn't have to do anything to add to the pressure of that moment. You know, it was it was more about diffusing the tension than anything. And um, and yeah, I mean, you know, you, uh, hats off to Coach Steve. You know, he's our uh, um our assistant coach who who kind of takes care of the the longer end of the program. And you know, he's over there in his sparkly gold shoes, like busting dance moves and just making the making the women laugh. And you know, anything like that in the final session was helpful.
0: <laughs> Patrick, anything to add? Yeah.
2: You know, I mean, as a, as a former gaucho, you know, it just, I reminisced to Jason Lezak and, and that was, that was what Kitty did. You know, it was, uh, you know, to be down by that much with a 50 to go or even with a 25 to go, you're just like, that's amazing that she can come back like that. And the funny thing is we knew it was between us and Reno at that point. And I was just watching our lanes and San Diego State was so far ahead of us that I, at the moment, you know, with a 25 to go, I was just watching five and eight, five and eight. And next thing I know, I was like, wow, Kitty is making up ground on San Diego. And somehow she got her hand on the wall. And it was such a photo finish between all three of those teams. And I just remember turning looking at the scoreboard and seeing the first. And it, it kind of made it even sweeter. You know, we knew we had to beat Reno, but it was even cooler to, to pull the win you know, to finish the meet.
0: It's it's been crazy. It's been a crazy championship conference championship season to say the least. I mean, we've seen yeah. uh two division one teams tie for a conference title. Um we see uh, your women take the title by was it two points? The, uh I think really in the s- end
1: it was probably it was eight. Seven, was it eight seven? At, at yeah. The end.
2: yeah. Okay, I mean, seven we, or we eight. We were up by one going into the relay. So we knew okay. we just had to we had to beat Reno. But
0: it was close. I mean, seven, seven, two, it doesn't matter. Okay. So, so yeah, by less than 10 points, we saw Louisville dethrone NC State by two points. Um, You know, just this, the men on the men's side. So there's been a lot of really close calls in this COVID year. And I'm wondering, coming into this conference, coming into the women's conference championships for you all, um, how are you feeling in terms of your standing and and where how how your team had prepared uh, in light of mm. you know being in a pandemic.
1: Coleman, that's a really good question because you know any any team that was sort of looking toward because every team especially out west you know had different training scenarios and situations and shutdowns and i mean and we all dealt with it to some degree uh but we also know like so some had a tougher time than that we even see that regionally you know in the country right now i I think and so you know for us like it was less about like oh like this is our chance you know like it wasn't about that it was really about to, to, to what you just said like hey we're going to prepare to be the very best we can be. And we're going to prepare with the faith that this is going to go off. And we're going to prepare with faith in each other. And um and whatever happens as a byproduct of that, all right, that's great. You know, and so um, you know, we're all, you know, we're all competitive people in the in this sport, you know, that's why we do what we do. And so it's fun to to get the win. But but really it was a byproduct of just st- sticking it out and and you know, sacrifice is always a part of the, the, the D1 landscape, no question. I mean, you sacrifice your social calendar, your, your eating habits. I mean, everything, you know, um, uh, serves this end. And uh, whatever that looks like in a normal year, it's been tripled this year. And so, uh, you know, whatever happened in the end for us was, was really about giving those women a chance to, to be great. And then the men the, the subsequent week and, and to their credit, they, they stuck it out and they did a great job culturally all year. Um, keeping moving forward wasn't easy. So.
2: Yeah, I think from my end, I think, uh, you know, when Coach Ben and I got here, you know, our women's team was at the bottom of this conference. And, you know, it took us a couple of years to even get, get, get that moving. And last year we finished fourth and we knew like that was a huge stepping stone for us. And I think with the recruiting class we signed, we knew we were trajected to, you know, even before COVID, right, we were trajected to, to hopefully move up again. And uh, so I think coming into this, we knew we wanted to be competitive and that that's all that really mattered. And I think Coach Ben and I, we, we preached to this team that we may not win conference every year, but our goal is to be a contender, you know? And so I think no matter how the outcome was going, I think we were happy from day one that we were in the mix. You know, every day we were second or third, or I mean, we were second pretty much every day San Diego state and Reno kept bouncing back, you know, to and fro from us, but we were holding in there. And the fact that, you know, we saw some good things in light for us on that last day, you know, I I remember, I think on Friday night, coach Ben looked at me and he was like, you know, I'm a numbers guy. So I'm like looking at ups and downs and how many jumps everyone has on the last day. And coach Ben just looked at me. He's like, do we have a chance? And I was like, absolutely. we got a chance. So, I mean, that's all that mattered. And we just told our girls to go and swim and, you know, from us coaches, you know, they found their hearts out, and we were going to be happy either way. Uh, but it, it just told a much better story to be like, we won. And those ladies, the journey that our seniors took from, I think their sophomore year, we were, I think we were dead last in conference, you know, and the journey that those girls had to endure, what well, it, it just made it so much better to go to out with a win.
1: Uh, if I recall, Pat, I can't remember if it was Friday night or if it was after the Saturday morning session, but you, you know, you had scored it out to the nth degree. And I knew we were in the mix Coleman, but like, uh, you know, I gave, I gave the big talk to the team, you know, like, okay, this is what we're going to do, you know? And then they're all leaving. They're all filing out. And I was like, Pat, where are we actually at? You know, and Pat's <laughs> like, I, I, I've got us winning by 10. And I was like, well, it's a good thing. I didn't know that before I just gave that talk. Otherwise I might've said something that was, you know, they didn't need that. You know what I mean? Like they didn't need that at that moment. It was good for me to know, but it's probably good that Pat didn't tell me that before I gave the team talk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Inspiring a team and reality are not connected at all. (laughs) Right. That's right. Um, which and that's, that's super cool to hear. And then I, it, it sounds like the men saw what the women did and just you know, wanted to one up that because you know the headlines I saw from the, from you guys is the men's conference meet was UNLV goes one two three four five five hundred yeah, and one ridiculous. two three four in the mile. I mean, yeah. tell it, tell me. I think you you guys scored the most points a, a team has ever scored in conference history to win the men's title at in Mountain West. I, I mean, coming off of the, such a high how did the men's meet compare for you all?
1: Yeah. And just to clarify, uh, Coleman, the, the men's meets the whack. Uh, so mountain West no longer has men's swimming. So we're, we're an affiliate in the whack for the the men's, but yeah, it's, um, it, you know, it was definitely a different meet, uh, in terms of the energy and in terms of, you know, to have eight teams in the building for the women with three, uh, three of them always in the mix, you know, the energy was, was through the roof, very electric, uh, on the men's side, you know, it was only six teams in the building and um, it became apparent probably by, by Friday that if as long as we kept doing what we were going to do, like, you know, we were going to, we were going to come out on top of that one. And so it was a different project in terms of keeping the energy in the right place. Very different um, for, for our squad anyway. And so, uh, yeah, it was definitely something where the guys, would um, they have won more recently than the women here. Uh, you know, they had a, a pretty good stretch from 2005 to 2015. Uh, and so, you know, they they've got that sort of in their collective recent collective memory. And and they knew that, hey, this was a year where we can we can take the banner back for sure. And, and that that was different as well, because even from, you know, September one, the guys knew, hey, we, we've got a shot this year, whereas the women, you know, we we didn't talk too too much about it. We knew, of course, hey like Pat said, we're going to able to to make a move. But, um, you you know, the guys were a little bit more concrete from the very beginning uh, about, you know, hey, this is a possibility. And so that colored it a little bit as well. Uh, But to their credit, the guys were definitely, um, the guys were definitely like on point, like right from the get go. And and you're right. I think the women's, uh, one upping the women's win was certainly, (laughs) that's probably a good way to put it.
2: Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, our team has, you know, I think in the past it was, it was kind of men's team, women's team. And maybe the women's team was a little bit in the shadow of the men's, you know, for for a decade here. And, you know, our women's team has really grown. But I think the best thing is kind of their support for each other has grown huge. You know, I know before the, the women's meet, the men all got little sticky notes. And they put it on all the, the women's chairs and they gave them some, some motivational quote on the bottom of all their chairs. So it was awesome. You know, and the women, a lot of our women timed throughout the men's meet, you know, just so we could have, you know, as no no spectators. So it was awesome. And all these women coming in every session, pumping up our guys and being fired up. And that family was huge for both teams, you know, and, and, but it is, it's, it's guys being competitive, uh, you know, something Ben and I, we do every year, we start a tradition of this this handicap meet, you know, where we we race yeah. our men and women uh, against each other, but the women get a head start, you know? So if, you know, we got a, a 46 flyer for the guys and we've got a 52 flyer, like she's going to dive in six seconds ahead and the guy's going to catch her. You know, we always and say like, the guys have the advantage sure. because yeah. they, they, they see where they're going. They see what they need to do to, to do better, you know? So I guess kind of in conference, they got to do the same thing. They saw what the women did. And they're like, okay, here we go, you know. And, and like Ben said, you know, uh, Coach Steve would, you know, give a lot of credit to that guy. He's our distance coach, and he got that group so ready to go, uh, like to the next level. Like we, I mean, could, can't be any better than right than that, right? This is one through five in the five, one through four in the mile, just dominant, you know. Hopefully, Vuk's making it. Looks like he's making NC two A's with a 14.50, and so yeah, Coach Steve did an amazing job all year. With the energy of that group and it showed at the end they were they were just by far the the cream of the crop of, of distance swimming in, in our conference
1: yeah pat i'm glad you brought up the handicap meet, coleman it's like the it's i mean it, except for conference it's the most fun meet of the year and it's like summer rec style i mean we're out there like i'm like okay ready go and like one two three four you know like when like kitty hears six like boom she goes off the blocks but i'm not kidding like the most excited win i've ever seen kitty do was at that meet, uh, eight, like two years ago. Um, like she was at the handicap meeting, like she had, uh, another Romanian guy who was a hundred freestyler chasing her down and he's a 4,300 freestyler. And, uh, she out him on the last stroke and, oh man, I mean, she just like was through the roof excited. And I haven't seen her like that excited until, you know, a week ago, Saturday, yeah. like, you know, but, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's kitty, you know? <laughs> so.
2: I think it was the same celebration, you know. Yeah, it uh, looked really similar, yeah. She actually. might have been more intense at the handicap because I think she went over to the lane and she got in Richie's face. She's like, <laughs> yeah, what's up now, you know? So, I mean, but it's awesome just to have a girl with that kind of spunk, you know? And, I mean, that's why she anchored our relay because we knew, like, yeah. I mean, that girl is going to put everything on the line to catch whoever's in front of her yeah. and just have that energy, you know, that spunk to, to celebrate at the end, you know? Some girls don't even do that. So, it's it's awesome, I mean, it's awesome
0: having Kitty on our team. First of all, let's go on the record by saying, it sounds like this meet needs to be documented. <laughs> so this <laughs> sounds like a can't-miss meet. <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe as soon as traveling becomes normal again, we need to get down to UNLV for the for the handicap meet. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we'd love we to have for you. Sure. <laughs> for sure. um, but uh, I, I love the idea of that. That sounds super cool. But like you said... Kind of inspires the, that one-up mentality for the men. Yep. I I, I got to ask, the night of that 500, when when you guys go one, two, one through five, what was the reaction from those five guys especially? I mean, I'm sure the team was just going nuts. But, you know, you finish a race, especially a 500, yeah. you're breathing hard. Not, I'm, I'm assuming not everyone realizes it off the bat. And then do you remember what oh, their no, reaction they, was as they oh, –
1: yeah. <laughs> No, they, they realized it 100%. They, that was their goal from right from the beginning. And, you know, those guys are a band of brothers, man. I mean, you know how it is. that you, you hear about the old, you know, you know, Mission Viejo animal lane back in the 70s, you know, where it's like, all right, you guys who are willing to beat each other up, you go in this lane and, like, let's get after it. And, man, those guys have done that this year. And, uh, and, and, like Pat said, full credit to Coach Steve, also Vuk as, as the guy who's leading that, that group speed-wise. I mean, when you've got a distance group that values hard work and they value racing, that it's money in the bank. I mean, it's, it's money in the bank as a coach. Like you just kind of sit back and watch them go. Not that coach Steve ever sits back, but I mean, there's been times where they're out there, you know, doing long course, like, you know, 12, 300s pull like pink pace, you know, and they're just kind of rolling. And all of a sudden Steve's like clicking his watch and he's got this look on his face and, you know, Pat and I walk over. And I'm like, why are those guys going one Oh threes long course? And Steve's like, I don't know. Like they just wanted to go fast, I guess. I mean, and that's been the whole year. I mean, and so they really knew like, Hey, we can, we can do something special here, guys, let's do it. And uh, it's a great mix of characters, man. I mean, you've got Cooper Keel who's a, a, a freshman and you know, the, the poor guy, um, got, uh, got hung out to dry when ECU cut their program, he was, he was a commit to them. And so we were fortunate enough to pick him up. And, uh, you know, this guy is, um, he's young, he's hungry, you know, his time's coming in the door. We're definitely in the diamond in the rough category. And, um, you know, he's just like, uh, Hey, Vuk, like, do you want to race? You know I mean? Here you got, got a world ranked guy and you got a, you know, a, a diamond in the rough freshman who's like, Hey, what's up, man? Like, let's go fast on this one, you know? And they, they never let that guy rest, you know, they never let the big guy rest. And so it's, um, it's a cool little dynamic. And, you know, you got, Cam Castro and Chris Mickin are just courses I mean, those guys value hard work, and it's, uh, it's pretty special what they've got going on over there. So I would say it would be accurate to say that they hit the wall knowing exactly where they were at. You know, I mean, you watched Cooper Keel in the mile, you know, stay tied with the guy in lane two for a full 1,200, and then just dropped the hammer and walked away from them guy. And that was very, very intentional on his part, because uh, I think they had a deal with coach Steve where if they went one through four in the mile, they get to shave his head today or something like that. So uh, if you want me to send you a video clip of that Coleman, I'd be happy to, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? They, they knew exactly where they were at. Yeah, for sure.
2: Okay. Yeah. That- and the sideline did too. I, I still remember for the 500 coach Steve and I, like he started it. He was like, One, two, three. And I was like, oh, we're counting to five here. And I was like, you know, we had like 10 guys like as soon as fourth place hit the wall and then fifth place hit the wall. I mean, everyone knew what happened. And those guys were just as fired up in the water, like, you know, looking at each other and and just kind of giving each other air high fives across the lanes. And I mean, the energy was great. And it definitely made a statement as the first individual race of the meet, just kind of throwing that down. And then, you know, the rest was, you know, we were rolling from there.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you think of, oh, like teammates finishing one, two or one, three, you know, it's like usually two guys or, you know, two athletes. It's not five in the same heat. And um, that's, that's pretty crazy, but it's, it sounds like if you're going to get momentum going, that's certainly a good way to do it. That um, yeah, was good
1: for momentum. No doubt. I mean, we got a ways to go before we catch Texas, you know, when they go one through 10 or something <laughs> like that. So, yeah. we're all we're all we're we're always chasing texas you know
0: yeah (laughs) well it's funny because i you're talking about the distance guys and how you know they're they're constantly pushing each other and like let's go fast let's go fast and that that's immediately what i thought of because when you talk to texas guys and i live in austin so i just naturally talk to more texas guys a lot but they're always like yeah it's just kind of like you can never take a break because uh because every someone's yeah. always like, "Oh, let's go fast! Let's go fast!" and so it it sounds like you know, you guys have it going on culturally in, in terms of just everyone's pushing the pace, and it seems like that's, that's how you win conference titles, obviously.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I I have a question about recruiting because I. I think of Las Vegas and I think everyone thinks of Las Vegas. And obviously you think of the lights, the, the gambling, the fun, the debauchery. Right. So I'm wondering, is it, you know, especially after winning men's and women's conference titles, tell me about the pros and cons of trying to recruit and, you know, an an athlete of any caliber uh, to to the UNLV swim team.
1: Yeah. No, I appreciate you giving us a chance to talk about that because it certainly is something that is a part of every recruiting conversation we have. Uh, you know, we don't accomplish what we've accomplished by recruiting people who are coming to Vegas for Vegas. You know, we just don't. And and that's, that's a key element to our recruiting pitch is that, Hey, you know, this is a team that's serious about swimming serious about their academics. And, and the parents need to hear that often as much as the the student athlete does in the, the recruiting trail. And so, that's something that's huge for us. It is a really fun place to come to, to school. And, and I'm grateful that there's a lot of good, clean fun here. You know, it's not all, uh, you know, clubs and, and gambling and all that business. I mean, there's, you know, everything from shows to now we've got sports going on. I mean, you know, Las Vegas Golden Knights on the hockey side. we got the Raiders in town. I mean, you know, there's there's sports going on here that a decade ago weren't. Um, and so that stuff is just good, clean fun, you know. And uh, and and that is a real strong element to what we talk about in the recruiting because we've got to attack it at that level. Like if we get somebody here who's coming to Vegas for for the party, uh, you know, how are you going to change that person's mind once they're here? Um, and so to be able to really address that head on up front is, is the key.
2: Yeah. And then obviously it's, it's all about culture, you know, which is what we've been building for the last five years we've been here. You know, even if a guy, kind of once a year you know if, if you've got the right culture in place they're going to keep them in line you know if a freshman guys like oh can we go do this or this and our juniors and seniors are like yeah we don't do that man like that's not what we're about and and we we try to make sure that's key on recruiting trips and then that's key moving forward with this team and as that kind of builds into our culture of what we're doing it, it makes it even stronger so
0: yeah, so I know that I was a little off topic from the conference championships, but I, you know, I every time I think of UNLV swimming, I'm just kind of like, I wonder, I wonder what the, what it's like, you know, what what the what the ups and downs of recruiting there are because I've been to Vegas the, uh, once for two days for ISL, and uh, like we stayed in a casino, you know, it's like you stayed in the hotel that was above the casino, and like it, I, I would think that's something that's pretty heavily ingrained in Las Vegas culture. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and we talk about
2: that too to kids, that? you know, we're, we talk about the idea that, Hey, it's, it's part of Vegas, you know, it's, it's a mile and a half from campus. You're going to see 12 casinos from the pool, you know, and if that bothers you, then, you know, maybe this isn't the right place for you, but at the same time, kind of reassuring them that there's enough culture and there's enough kind of environment away from that, that locals can enjoy and and, and college kids can enjoy that it's a great place to be, you know, and, you know, and, and we definitely, I'm sure we get emails and, and we coach Ben and I have been doing this long enough that I think we, we can, you know, look through the weeds a little bit where we know what emails are like, yeah, kid wants to just take a recruiting ship to Vegas. And we, you know, we, we work through that pretty quickly. And, and usually those kids don't even make, make it out here.
1: Not that anybody's making it out here right now, you know, so uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the recruiting, um, the recruiting dead period, of course. So Yeah.
0: That yeah, totally makes sense. And thank you, thank you for indulging my question because I yeah, I, for I was sure, certainly yeah. curious about that. Um, so you guys have got it going on on the collegiate side, and uh, I gotta ask about you know the you guys have a pro group now or or at least pro athlete now in, uh, in yeah. Kasha Wasik who is just a breakout star this season in ISL for the New York Breakers, and uh, you know she kind of came to you guys by accident but you know she she was she wasn't planning on really even getting back into swimming and then she ended up uh coming and and training and i'd love to hear about how she came to you guys and started swimming with unlv and then how you guys have been training her to the success that we've seen her have so far
1: yeah you know uh thanks for asking about kasha if i for both Pat and I, she's been one of the most rewarding coaching experiences, you know, and, uh, and in fact, uh, she's headed out to San Antonio this week. So we're excited to, uh, to get her back racing in the long course pool. It's been a little while, uh, as you know. And so, um, yeah, we're excited to see what she could do. And, um, you know, in terms of coming to us, you know, she got a lot of pressure from the local master's team, no surprise <laughs> to, uh, to race for them when she first got married and moved to Las Vegas so she showed up and we, we knew of her, you know, we're, um, we're, we're good friends with the, you know, the, the, with, with coach Salo and, you know, USC and the Trojan swim clubs, we knew about Kasha. And, and, uh, she showed up on the pool deck and they were running a master's meet and they were coming in to set up and start racing. Like as we were finishing a Saturday practice one day, you know? So we said, so I were like, Hey, like, how's it going? Like, nice to meet you in person. Finally, et cetera, et cetera. And like, I'm like, Hey, if you're thinking about making a comeback by the way. Um, just, you know, here's my phone number. Like, come on out for a practice. And man, that was, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like it was that easy, but like, correct me if I'm wrong, Pat. I mean, you know, she came out for a few practices and she's like, yeah, like, this is awesome. And I miss this, like, let's roll. And it wasn't eight weeks later that she was kind of rolling back full go and, and, uh, going to Europeans that spring. And, you know, and and once she got a, once she got a, a taste of like, Hey, I, I might have some really fast swimming left ahead of me. Then it was, then there was no stopping her.
2: Yeah. I mean, I remember the the first spring she came out here, you know, it was like, yeah, hey, let's just kind of float around this summer and uh, you know, not take anything seriously. And I think she went to Polish nationals just kind of cause she had to. And I think she went a best time in like her hundred free or something. One of those two. And, and she was like, yeah, I made Europeans, I guess. Like, I guess I'm going to, to Europeans. Like, All right, let's get training for, for Europeans this summer. And, um, and then she did great there. And, and like Ben said, I think once she got a role in, um, you know, I think she really liked working with Coach Ben and I. And I think that's a unique thing we're doing here. Uh, I'm definitely the shorter end of the, of the spectrum as far as training. Uh, you know, a lot shorter, explosive, creative stuff and, and Ben's right there too, but obviously he's going to aim more for her 100 and a little bit longer. Um, so she'll, she'll bounce back and forth between us, or even sometimes Coach Ben and I will, will collaborate on a workout. And so it's, it's definitely a, a joint effort uh, getting her going and, and watching her excel in, in all those things, you know, her 100 or 50. Um, I think the 50 is a, a new thing for her to be like the queen at, you know, but she's, she's enjoying that. Uh, you know, walking around like I'm a 50 freestyler now. So she she loves that. Um, it's
1: certainly been a piece of her longevity, Coleman, is just uh, finding the 50 as something that she can really be world-class at. Because as you know, in college, I mean, she swam a lot of 100, 200. And she raced a 50 as well, but she didn't quite have the power output that she does now. And as she's committed to her weight room regimen and as she committed to her breath control, I mean, that event obviously has just really blossomed for her. And, and to find a new event at, at the age that she's at – I believe that that's helped keep things fresh for her.
0: Yeah. And what have you seen, what have you two seen from her in training that has really gotten her to that next level? I mean, you know, you, you guys see her every day in training in 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 the pool in the weight room. I mean, what is she, what is she doing that makes her, that has, that has taken her to that next elite level?
1: I'll say two things and I'll let let Pat, uh, you know, jump in there, but, to, to piggyback off what Pat was saying, I don't believe she trains like you would think a classic 50 only freestyler does. I mean, she really does bounce around a lot. Um, and she throws herself into all of it to her great credit, you know, so uh, sorry, is that too loud? I got a little, uh, there's a little cleanup going on on this end. Uh, so um, yeah, so she really throws herself. I mean, it's a kick set, pull set, long, short, best average, you know, die 15s with a weight belt. I mean, any and all of it, uh, you know, she'll really just throw herself on the fire and, and that we believe makes a huge difference for her. her. She's not too cool for school when it comes to stuff that, you know, maybe a 50 freestyler shouldn't do or whatever. She, she'll, she'll go all in on all of it. And we, we believe that's really been huge for her continued growth and success. Um, you know, the other thing that, that we see is she's uh, she, she's sneaky good at, at kicking. Um, she's the kind of kicker where if you're like, okay, we're going 10-100s on 130, one easy, one fast, or something, like, she'll do it, and she'll do fine at it, you know? But um, she's a really uh, – she's not a great underwater dolphin kicker, but her flutter kick is really world-class. And I remember the, the day that Pat and I kind of recognized, like – how actually good she is at that i mean because we watch her do these longer kick sets and it was always fun you know top third of everybody she's training with like it's fine but you know all of a sudden we're like hey let's do some 25s all-out kick on like three minutes you know and i was like yeah like you got to go you know you got to go uh, 14 anything to, to get out of here you got to give me six of these they got to be 14s in order to get out of practice today she drops like a 13-1 from a push with a kickboard and we're like oh you've been holding out on us. What are you doing? You know, and um, you, you couple that with what she does in the weight room, just in terms of her tricep strength. I mean, she's world-class at finishing her stroke, you know, and most, most great sprinters that talk about how they finish their stroke. It seems to be something that's more on their radar than the, the, the longer end of the spectrum. And uh, yeah, what she does just with her tricep extension. And I mean, you know, th- th- this girl can go 25, classic perfect technique dips straight in a row, no break. I mean, and that sort of strength in a female athlete is, is pretty impressive. So you couple some some sneaky world-class kicking speed with um, just a, the uh, upper arm strength that she has. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty deadly combo. So that's what I've seen. Pat, what about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, Ben briefly mentioned like breath control. I think that's something we've, mm. we've broken out of her comfort zone. I don't think she was ever – huge on doing no breath fifties, you know, but I think now she does pretty much all her fifties, no breath and just working on that breath control, getting comfortable with that, not letting it be a strain, like on her lungs, like kind of holding her breath, but just kind of being relaxed and, and be able to go no breath fifties is, is a huge thing. Um, I think just training her in general, like it's a pleasure, like such a, she makes such good adjustments, you know. Like you could just tell her something, you're like, "Yeah, hey, your hand's kind of wobbly today," you know. Like, like set that pinky better, do whatever. And within a 200, she's locked and loaded, and she's doing it great. And that's, you know, that's all her, right? That's that's minimal coaching. Like we we just point out little obvious things, and she's like, "Oh yeah, sure, I can do that better." Yeah, uh, she's so- a
1: she's a learning machine, really. I mean, yeah. you know, you know how all coaches are, Coleman. Like half the time, we're giving her stuff that probably we're overthinking it and probably (laughs) she doesn't need, you know, and she's so good at like throwing that stuff out too. You know, you'll see her like try something. And if it's not, if it wasn't good, if I'm giving her (laughs) something that's like garbage, you know, like you see her be kind of like mentally, she's like, yeah, we're not doing that, you know? And, but, but then like to Pat's point, the stuff that does work, she locks it in. She locks it in so quickly, you know, like, it's not like, Oh, I'll try that. And then coach is going to hound me for six months to get it right. I mean, you see her really embody it and work on it day after day. And then, you know, it's in, it's in her, you know? And so that's, I mean, she's a learning machine, the the best I've ever coached in that regard.
2: Yeah. And then the last thing that she's just next level on, just kind of on her own, like, not that we, we taught her to do this, but, and you put gear on that girl, like fins and paddles, she's superwoman, You know, she, I mean, she'll go a 19 from a push with fins and paddles, like nobody, like nothing. You know, it's, (laughs) and I can't remember, she did a hundred the other day. And I, I, she went something ridiculous, you know, and, you know, she just loves it. She, and, but I think that helps her power output, you know, like just to, to train at such a high velocity, you know, with that much force being put on the water. It, I think it, she translates that really well to her 50. Um So that's, it's really special yeah. to see. And, and we know like when we want to make Kasha happy, you know, you give her something all out with pins and paddles with a lot of rest. And she's like, it's the best workout of the year, you know?
1: Yeah. And to piggyback off that, just to kind of, combine what what Pat was saying with what I was saying, like, you know, she showed up in um, August and uh, all of a sudden she's got these brand new paddles and I don't even know what brand they are, some clear paddle. And they're like, you know, an inch bigger in every direction, like, you know, than the old ones she was wearing. And we're like, what do you, what are those? You know, she's like, well, she's like, I just feel like I'm strong enough now. And so I thought I'd try a bigger paddle, you know, and that's the kind of adjustment that she'll just make. On her own. And I mean, we talk about a pro mindset. I mean, she's like, okay, I've been wearing these paddles for three years now, and look what I've done. That's great, but maybe I could try a bigger paddle. So let's try it. And sure enough, she tries a bigger paddle. And all of a sudden, she's still someone at a 0.95 tempo sprinting with paddles and fins, but the paddle's got a two inch larger circumference. So, well, yeah, she's going to get better. You know, I mean, that's the kind of adjustment she just makes on her own. Yeah. We're, yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's fun to watch. That is exactly what I was looking for. You guys totally delivered. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, we're, we're down to about two minutes. Um, so it's, it's been great talking to you guys about, about your pro swimmers, about your collegiate swimmers, any parting thoughts, especially moving forward into these next few weeks and NCAAs before we sign off today.
1: Oh man. I mean, you know, Coleman, like, I don't know if this is what you're looking for in terms of parting thoughts, but just like to, to anybody listening out there, club coach or college coach, like hang in there. It's going to get better. You guys like, you know, we're, that's one awesome thing that's, that that has been an experience this year is like, we, we recognize more and more, how, even our, you know, most, most uh, you know, like arch rivals, you know, like we're all in this together, you know, like this is such a community of, uh, of brothers and sisters and, you know, like, like hang in there. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that's made American swimming so great over the years is that, uh, you know, even the top level, you can call them and ask like, Hey, what are you doing with this? And they'll tell you, they'll talk to you about it. You know, it's, 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 there's so few secrets compared to some other sports cultures in our, in our world, you know, and, and that's what I love about American swimming. And I see even more of that this year, uh, just, just people, um, you know, just enjoying being around each other as coaches again. I mean, we've had so little coach contacts, you know I mean? Conference championships is like a party just because you got to stand on a pool deck with another coach for 10 minutes, you know, when we haven't had that in a year. So yeah, hang in there and um, it, it's, uh, it's going to get better. And um, yeah, so that's, that's my parting thought, man.
2: What he said, we're good.
0: You've been listening to the swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.